they're all with one, uh, um, with one accord. That's not Honda. That's, that's togetherness. That's unity. Uh, in one accord, in unity, in one place. Um, who's they? Uh, if, if you were to read uh, other passages in this, in Acts, you'll see that it was about 120. That's literally what it says, about 120 people in this upper room in Jerusalem. So you, you kind of think it was on the second floor um, or third floor of a building. And it was, uh, was Jesus' mother, Mary. It was Jesus' brothers, James, and other brothers, natural brothers of Jesus. It was the 12 disciples. And then, uh, and then there was about a whole bunch of other followers of Jesus who were there in that upper room. They made about 120. The number isn't that important, but we just that's good to know. So they were all there with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. So they must have heard something, and it was like a rushing mighty wind. So it must have been literally a wind that started to blow. You know, the curtains are starting to move. And you ever had the, you know, something, you know, the wind blow through your curtains, and all of a sudden, just before a storm. You ever been in your yard, a storm is building up, and that, that gust of wind blows just before it. Uh, it was probably like that. And, the, and, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Wow, that would have been amazing. What is that? Maybe it was even a little bit concerning. What is that? But then, and they all, it said, were filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. And they get, began to do something. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I've chosen this passage of Scripture uh, because what happened there, we're a result of what happened there. Because the early church was birthed. They didn't have um, formulated church services till after this moment, till that moment, till that day, the day of Pentecost. So we're a result. Uh, the churches are across the world are a result because the church was formed. And so we see something initiated that and it was the Holy Spirit's coming into the lives of people. And they call it the day of Pentecost is because it's Pentecost. Pente means five or 50, sorry. And Pentecost... Uh, was a day when the Jewish people would celebrate Passover. You and I know it as Easter, okay, Easter. And it was 50 days, thus Pentecost, 50 days from Easter. Did you know today is 50 days from Easter? Did you know today is the day of Pentecost? So why not talk about it? I've called this Holy Spirit 101. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit today uh, because we were, the church of God was birthed because of what God done as he uh, allowed the Holy Spirit to come upon precious people's lives who were believers in Jesus. And so 50 days, so quite, uh, uh, quite the reality was 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, uh, the Holy Spirit came and fell upon the people and there was an amazing outpouring. Did you know that Peter then got and stood up, and we won't read this, but Peter stood up, one of the disciples, and he shared about Jesus, and he shared about what was happening, and he shared how this had been told, foretold about how the Holy Spirit would come, and 3,000 people that day become believers in Jesus and joined the church. We had 3,000, we would have a little struggle to fit them in, wouldn't we? But you know, that's what happened this day. 3,000 people responded to Jesus and saw this amazing thing. So the truth is, why were the 120 waiting in the room in the first place? Well, we kind of know the results of what happened while they were waiting, but it's because Jesus told them to wait, to go, because he told them the Holy Spirit was coming. Can I just read you this passage from John's Gospel? 
John chapter 14, 15 and 18. This is what Jesus had already told them. That's why they were in the upper room in the first place. Because Jesus had told them on numerous occasions, wait for the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18 says, And you, and Jesus, him speaking now, just as words of Jesus, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's always a good thing. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. A helper. The first thing you've got to see about the Holy Spirit is he is a helper. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to spook you. He's trying to help you by coming into your life. And then it says, the Spirit of truth. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to speak the truth. He's not going to speak a lie to you. You know, there's a lot of things I hear in this world today. I hear the news reports. I read the news reports. And I think, is that true? Is that true? Did that really happen? You know, um, sometimes people, unfortunately, hear politicians and say, can we believe them? Can we believe the promises? Certainly just before election time. Can we believe that? Uh, I want to tell you, there's a, there's a person of the Holy Spirit that is totally true. When he speaks to you or when he speaks to you as you read God's word, what he says is true. It's amazing that the Holy Spirit has never said to me, keep on doing that wrong thing because, you know, you really enjoy that. He's never said that. But he does, he does convict me of sin and say, I wouldn't keep on doing that. It's going to destroy your life. So he speaks truth to me. You know, it, you thought it was a little angel on your shoulder. No, it's just the Holy Spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit. He's speaking. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. That's why the world gets so probably spooked about what are they doing in that church, Holy Spirit. It's not. Anyway, we'll talk about that. But you know him. This is Jesus speaking to the, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There we go. Jesus could, this wasn't talking about Jesus, it was talking about the Holy Spirit, because Jesus couldn't physically be in us. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus, we know Jesus is going to die and go to be with his father, and yet he says very clearly, he says, I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to come to you in a different format, um, the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is not a force, he's not Star Wars, he's not, a, he's not just a wind, even though they had a wind blow on the day. He's not just, um, he's not just a, a feeling or a premonition. No, he's the person of the Holy Spirit because he has the full God, full attributes of God and Jesus Christ in him that comes into us. I reckon that's good, isn't it? God in us. We're not God, but God in us. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> Wonderful. So let me read one more passage and then we'll continue. John chapter 14, same chapter, John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, Jesus. And I'm talking to you disciples and all the other people who are present. I'm telling you now while I'm present with you. But the helper, and then now Jesus makes it very clear, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So there we go. The Holy Spirit's role will be when he's with us and in us, uh, there'll be things he reminds us of. I, I get reminded of all the time of things I should have done and should say and don't you? I get reminded, do you ever consider that, if it's good things, do you ever consider that's probably the Holy Spirit speaking to you? You know, uh, last night I was busy um, doing some stuff and, and I, rem I was reminded that, oh, I've got to iron my shirt um, for today because I didn't want to get up in the morning and try and do all that. And as I'm thinking about ironing my shirt, you know what? I had this, I had this voice that says, why don't you ask your wife if she needs anything ironed? I thought, get away from me, Satan. But you know what? That's a good thing. 
Do you think my, my wife appreciated her, me ironing her clothes? She does, because my mother taught me to iron, number one. Uh, and so I can iron. I don't often iron, but I can iron. And so when I went and asked her, do you think she was, she went, no, don't you dare iron. No, she said, <laughs> she said, thank you. So you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to just speak and to remind you of the good things that you need to do. It's the Holy Spirit. If it's a good thing, it's His presence speaking to your heart. Okay, where are we up to? He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Thank, praise God for that. Who knows that happiness and joy are two different things? Because happy is just, happy, you just get happy because of the world's happenings. I can get happy because the Broncos won last night, the rugby league. I can get happy about my team winning last night. Praise God at last. Anyway, but I can get happy, but you know, that's just because of happenings. But it talks about the joy, the Holy Spirit, joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy, <laughs> I can have a peace and a joy all the time, no matter what circumstances want to try and dictate to me. So it's through the Holy Spirit, His Holy Presence in our life. And then Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Well, there's a lot of things in the world that want to, could trouble us and it could make you fearful, but I'm glad. So, man, I, I just about preached the message there and I don't know if I need to preach the rest. But anyway, I didn't have any of those points, but I just think that maybe someone need to hear some of that right there. So I'll get on to what I was going to share, but we'll, we'll see how we go. But the Holy Jesus has spent three years with the disciples. He's everything to them. They've given their heart to him. They've given their allegiance to Jesus. He's, they're totally, uh, mind you, Judas, you know, betrayed him. Peter denied him. Thomas doubted him. But, you know, besides that, the 12 disciples, two of them were reinstated anyway. But um, Judas didn't make that cut, unfortunately. But the reality was the disciples had given their life to Jesus Christ in those three years. Now he's saying, I'm going to leave you. You can appreciate their concern. <laughs> That's why Jesus says, do not be afraid. Don't be troubled. I'm going to send someone just like me, the Holy Spirit. I reckon that's good news. Uh, God has come and he came in the Holy Spirit. No longer God in the body of Jesus, but God in the body of you and me through the Holy Spirit. God in us, as I said. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about that. And sometimes we can be a little bit indifferent to the Holy Spirit. I, I, I think indifferent means to be take it or leave it. And I don't know if we necessarily do that on purpose. I just sometimes, maybe we don't preach enough about it. So how about we put the blame right here for a start? Uh, and I'll, I'll accept that. But uh, maybe the reality is, is that we simply forget about him, not because we purposely do that, but we just get on with life. Or maybe life gets on us. And when life gets on us and it gets a bit of a burden, we, then we remember, I need something powerful than just what I've got in my own strength. I need His presence and His power. Come on. And so we see, we can, we can simply just put Him to the side, uh, because you who knows that leave something alone and it will degenerate to the, the lowest common denominator. So if my faith is not sparked, if it's not prodded, if it's not encouraged, sometimes my faith will just go to the lower 
belief in. I don't need that. I need my faith to rise. And you need your be present all the time. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that. And so we've got to stir things up sometimes, don't we? We've got to say, hey, let's remember God's presence and the Holy Spirit. We haven't got God. He's in heaven. Jesus is on his right hand. But the Holy Spirit is here in his presence. And I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's an incredible gentleman. He never barges his way into your life. But he'll always kind of knock at the door and say, I'm here, I'm available, remember me. In actual fact, I think the Holy Spirit's more involved in your life than you ever realize all the time. And we don't give him credit for it. Because I think he does speak to us. He does um, convict us. He does prompt us. He does, uh, want you to, uh, he, he does want you to live in obedience to your Heavenly Father. He's the one. Um, so... You know, I think we've got to be careful. I think sometimes people think, oh, I don't want to get involved in anything spooky. Ooh, is, you know, this God thing's a bit spooky. I tell you what, you are, whether you like it or not, you are body, mind, soul, and spirit. And there's a spirit part of you. You can neglect that or you can engage that. And, it, and, and, and that's, why every, that's why people go after different spirits in the world. They go after the, the, you know, all the spiritual stuff and the, you know, and the crazy stuff. We're just going to find, I'm just, you know, they, they look to themselves or they look to some kind of spirit. Now, I want to tell you the Holy Spirit is genuine and, and unique and He's the one who wants to fill our hearts and lives, our souls. And so we have, we live in a world that is a bit spooky sometimes, but I tell you what, the Holy Spirit isn't spooky. He's very real. He wants to be a part of everything of your life. Everything of your life. And so we've got to be aware of that. Or, or maybe this morning you could say, oh, you know, I, I know this Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, I get a bit emotional. You know, I, you know and when He touches my heart, I sometimes tears. And I don't want to, and maybe you're concerned about showing emotion or showing any tears. Or sh you know, look, I want to tell you, your, your body, mind, soul, your soul is your feelings and your emotions. You know, the truth is, God sees you when you get excited. Emotions are good. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, sister. That's the most thing. Emotions are okay. I know that emotions can get out of hand, but you know, there's nothing wrong with them. You know, I, this morning as I'm worshiping God, there's tears in my eyes. What's that about? Oh, you're just a blub, a blubbering. No, no, it's just, I believe it's just the presence of God. Some of you in church here, you've said to me, oh, why do I cry when you start to worship? I said, oh, I don't know, but I think it's got something to do with God healing maybe your heart because you're emotional, you're emotional. Maybe he's reaching into the depths of things you didn't know were a pain and a hurt to you, and yet he's doing some healing work. Yeah, so, you know, we've got to see the Holy Spirit. He's here as a helper, not a hindrance. He wants to be for us. He's not against us. So the truth is, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ today and have become a Christian, He's already involved in your life, possibly more than you realize. And at our point of believing in the Lord Jesus, at our personal commitment and response to Him, um, because the Word of God says, if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Saved from what? Well, saved from, saved from a life of destruction and ruin. Uh, you might still have some pain, but, you know, basically saved from hell. That's a good thing. There is a heaven. Hell was never made for you. It was made for the demons and his, and his demonic um, counterparts. But heaven was made for us. And that's where God wants you to go when we pass from this life. Because we've only got a good, you know, if you live to 120, you're doing well. And I, I wish that on everybody, as long as we're in our right mind and health. But the truth is, we've got to die, haven't we? 
and, uh, and uh, Holy Spirit wants us to continually live a life of blessing now, but to enjoy uh, what would come after our death on this, from this earth, apart from this earth. So at our point of believing, it's a belief in our heart, in a, in a confession of our mouth. And, um, and that's uh, really important because, you know, sometimes um, we can, we, you, you can't make it. The Holy Spirit's there. And, and when we're making that decision to get you to that point, did you know that he, he convicts us of sin? That's what the scripture says. Um, I've jumped over a lot of stuff, Petra, but there is a scripture in there. He convicts us of sin. And, you know, I, I like that. I don't have to go around telling everybody their sin. I just, I just need to go and tell everybody the good things. And sometimes it, uh, there is an opportunity if someone comes to you and says, oh, oh, do you think I should st- continue to, um, you know, um, uh, to steal from the shops? And, yeah, there's opportunity right there to say, well, it, it, you probably get, well, you get caught. But, you know, it's the Holy Spirit who does the convicting generally in the hearts and lives of people. And He's right there at your commitment to Jesus. He's right there convicting. And I love the reality of that, that He comes in. And there was a story. I'll, I'll, I'll just give you this story at least. Um, and uh, we won't get to everything that I wanted to share. But if you come back next Sunday, we'll continue. Is that cool? I've got something more to say, but I'll, I'll finish with this incredible uh, story. There was a story of, of a guy called Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He, he, he was a, so you've got to, let me put in the picture the backstory. He's a, a Pharisee. He's a believer in God. Praise God for that. But he was an Old Testament believer of God. And, and uh, nothing wrong with the Old Testament. We believe in Old Testament too. But he had not yet really had an opportunity to believe in Jesus or, and Jesus had yet not died and risen again to give salvation. So Nicodemus, as a Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night because he probably, because at that stage the Pharisees hated Jesus. So he was the enemy. So Far- Nicodemus came at night, possibly because he didn't want to be seen by anybody else. He wanted to just, um, he wanted just to, so he come at night, in the night, in the darkness, to talk to Jesus sincerely about some stuff. And as he's talking to Jesus, Jesus says, I, I want to say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asks a sincere question. He's confused. He's like, what? He's trying to work this out. Born again? He says, how can I be born again? We can't enter our mother's womb a second time and be born. We can't do that. Nicodemus knew that. So he's asking a rhetorical question. How do you get born again? We can't enter our mother's womb. Good question. Then Jesus answered in a language I believe Nicodemus understood now. Because he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, those terminology, water and spirit, was something that the Pharisee would have, uh, Nicodemus possibly would have understood because the word water is talking about the ceremonial cleaning process that the Pharisees would go through before they entered the temple. So they had this little ceremony, so it was, and they'd wash their clothes, and they'd wash their body thoroughly. I mean, like every nook and cranny. I mean... I know that some of us have a quick shower, and we're out of there. But, you know, the Pharisees, they would clean everything. They'd clean their clothes. They'd be as white as snow, their clothes. And they, then, they get, then they were in the right position, um, metaphorically, to enter into God's presence in the temple. So the water was talking about that cleaning process. Now, that's where we get some of our um, theology on water baptism. But Jesus is not, men- he's not talking about water baptism here when he mentions water, okay? Some people believe he was talking about... No, I, I firmly believe he was talking about the water and the spirit, really one terminology, talking about how water uh, will clean the outside, but the spirit will only clean the inside. So he's talking to Nicodemus about the physical ceremony that he used to go through 
But he says, you're just like that. The Spirit can do the inner work. Because who knows, you clean with water and you only clean the outsides. But it's the Spirit of God through the Holy Spirit who can come and do a cleaning work on the inside. So at your salvation, not only is the Holy Spirit convicting you, but He's cleaning, He's, he's washing out. He, actually, you know, they talk about God being light. Light wants to come in and darkness has to go out. So that's what's happening at salvation. The Holy Spirit is intimately involved in that. Um, what a wonderful thing. Even the terminology, even the Holy Spirit's name, Holy Spirit. It's not just Spirit. Sometimes the Bible says Spirit, but Holy. What's Holy? Holy is set apart, perfect, without wickedness. No dirt, no darkness, all light, all pure, all truth is perfect. So that's even the name of the Holy Spirit is showing us and declaring to us the very nature of the Holy Spirit. He's perfect. So this perfect comes into an imperfect being like me. What a wonderful thing. An imperfect being and all the wickedness that I've done and, and you've done. And he comes in and he wants to flush that stuff out so that we don't want to ever do it again. It's a wonderful thing of the Holy Spirit. So I want to say the Holy Spirit is more involved in your life than you ever realized. At your salvation, he's there. He's been there ever since. Why don't we just continue to realize and acknowledge? He's never going to, he's never going to barge his way and say, you've got to worship me or you've got to do this. No, no, no. He always is, the Holy Spirit is always taking your worship and he's always giving it to the Father. That's how, the, that's how they work. They're always glorifying God. And um, what a wonderful, he's always there. He, he lives, the Holy Spirit lives in you to exist, to, for God to be glorified in your life and Jesus to be uplifted. The Holy Spirit lives for that. What a selfless person of the Holy Spirit he is. Selfless. He, he's manifest in our lives. Oh, I've got so much to share with you. But that's cool because we've got another Sunday, haven't we? He, he wants to convict us of sin. You know, I want to just say this. I want to just say this. Um, to show you the, the miraculous work that God can do in a heart and life. Because I, I, healing is incredible. But you know, salvation is incredible too. <laughs> salvation, coming to Jesus. There was a young man walked into this church uh, about 35 years ago. Probably a bit longer. And he, and he came to church because a friend of his had shared Jesus with him. And he was just so amazed with this Jesus. But, he, um, you know, he was still a bit rough around the edges, but he was, he was just fighting. It. And, he, and he was a bikey in Gladstone. So if you're a bikey, he got involved in rubbish and stuff and a lot of stuff. I remember I actually knew about him before he actually came to this, became a Christian. He lived on the corner in the, uh, in the um, Night Owl Center right there on the corner of Tank Street and the Dawson Highway, and in a house. Um, and they've knocked it down a long time ago. Uh, but I remember, because I just lived up the road, and they had bon t uh, Tony, his name is Tony. Some of you know who I'm talking about now, that's okay. Um, um, but Tony, uh, him and his mates used to have bonfires in their yard, right there on the Dawson Highway, and they'd rip panels off the fence and just throw them on the... They were renting this house, and, and after about uh, several months, they, they, there was just posts. There was no panels. It just, they just destroyed it all. I think they just started to work on the house then, just rip off panels of the wooden uh, house and throw them on the bond. So it was always uh, some pretty amazing... You know, there's always stuff going on at that house. And Tony was one of them who lived there. And he became a Christian. And he walked into this church. And I said hello to him. I said, would you like to come to my Bible study? I was only like 20. We're running a Bible study group. He says, yes. 
So we, we met through the week of the Bible study. He comes to the Bible study and he says to me, and he saw everybody's got a Bible. He says, I haven't got a Bible. I said, we can fix that. I can get you one. He says, now. <laughs> Who says no to a bikey? I said, I said um, well, well, we're about to start the Bible study, um, but I've got one at my home so I could get it up. No, he says, now. I said, well, how are we going to do that? You know, he says, come and jump on my bike. We'll go and get the Bible and we'll come back. I said, I, I say, okay, look, that's possible. Everybody just hold fire for five minutes. I'm just about to go and kill myself. No, no. no. <laughs> but the truth is, I went down to his bike and his back bike is the total back wheel is totally, all the rubber is, there's no tread. There's bits of fiber of canvas showing. And I said, um, Tony, what about your back wheel? He says, don't worry about that. He says, I said, what did you do? He says, well, last weekend, but this is last weekend, he said, I was drunk and I had a couple too many, you know, googly sticks, or whatever, you know, you call it marijuana or a couple other things. And he put the front wheel of the bike up against the tree and sat on it and just revved it on the bitumen until the back wheel was just totally bald. <laughs> and, he, he, and he said, but that's last week. I won't do that again today. I said, thank you for that. <laughs> and he and uh, he could see I was concerned. He said to me, I'll go slow. So I jumped on the back of this bike. We even got the Bible. We brought it back. And he had a Bible study. I want you to know I found out that day he couldn't read. Well, I shouldn't say that. He could read probably to a grade three level. But he was not ashamed of that. But you know, for the next two years, no one taught Tony to read. He read the Bible. That's the only thing he read. And he taught himself to read. He married a girl in this church who was Michelle's friend. Um, I was his groomsman uh, at his wedding. It, within two years, he married it. Within another year, he went to Bible college. And within, after three years, he was pastoring a church. So I want to say, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, I've seen a lot of miraculous workings of people just changing their lives. I want to say that does not happen because someone just has a good idea. I think I'll give my life to Jesus. That happens because of the working of the Holy Spirit. It does happen because someone says, I think I'll give my life to Jesus. But it happens because of the working of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. You may say, but oh man, I've been a Christian for a while and I've still got some struggles and I've got some things that still, you know, well, you know what? I want to tell you why don't today again we yield those things to God's Holy Spirit. Because he, he loves you eternally. He cares for you and he has a purpose for your life. And uh, we'll leave the rest of what I want to share till next Sunday. But because there's a whole thing I haven't shared about the wonderful baptism and the Holy Spirit. You've got to know about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, how about today, uh, as the team come back, you guys can all come. Uh, we, we're going to just stand in a moment. How about just stand and stretch your legs? Uh, I, I just want to encourage you today because I think, um, I, I believe that Lord God would be sharing with me there's stuff in people's hearts and lives they just wish they just didn't have. And, 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 and to be honest, I understand because time and time again, you've just said, oh, I just, I just wish I could break the pattern of this. I just wish I could break the habit of this. This thing that wants to come up. I wonder, I know it takes, it takes your will. 
certainly. He takes your decision. But the power of the Holy Spirit wants to come and give you keys and direct you and give you understanding and wisdom and how that can be broken and how a life of blessing can happen too. So today we're going to, uh, I, w- I want to just pray for you today where you are. Maybe today uh, the re- reality is you've never come to that first place of actually receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, that's cool. Uh, there's always a first time. Um, but I, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Because God has an incredible purpose for your life. Incredible purpose for your, for your life. The world doesn't want to, the world is, um, you know, we can see the world in all different lights. There can be great parts of the world and some pretty bad parts. But I want to tell you, God's world, God's help and love is all good. He's a good God. And so today, can we close our eyes for a moment? Can I just pray for you where you are today? I, if today... You just want to say, yeah, pray for me. I want to become, I need to become a believer. I need just to receive Jesus into my life. It's a confession with your mouth and a belief in your heart. And you might say, yeah, that's that's me today. I want that to happen in my life. I need to become, I need to, I I kind of have a belief in God, but you've got to believe in Jesus. And and, and also, it's important that we come to God and we say, Father, we give him the things that we struggle with. Maybe today you're struggling with some stuff. And whether it's you're struggling with some stuff and sinful stuff, or whether today um, you need to respond to him for the first time or respond to him again, I wonder as we close our eyes, could you just give me, just give me a wave? I'll see that hand. You might be a Christian, but you just know you just love us to stand together because you're struggling. Just give us, put your hand up. I'll see if you can put it down. Anybody? Thank you. You may put it down. Thank you. I see that hand. Young man. Thank you there. Uh, thank you. You can put your hand Anybody else? Or maybe for the first time want to respond to Jesus. And I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. You put it down. Thank you. I'm going to be praying for you guys, particularly as I pray in a moment. I'll just wait one more moment. Anybody? Just say, yep, that's me. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Put your hand down. Great. I see that hand. Well, let me pray. Father, today, I thank you for every life. I thank you for every soul. And uh, Lord, for those who are struggling with stuff today that's not right or, or they just want it to go or it just wants to bombard their mind, I ask for your, that as they draw near to you, that you'll empower them. It says in your word that you'll not let us be tempted beyond our ability to remain strong and firm. So I ask that you give that strength, Holy Spirit, to my, the precious people who have raised their hands today. And I ask your presence would touch their lives and your Holy Spirit would present. And they'd stand strong in you and know your supernatural power that is in their life, and I ask that in Jesus' name. Now I'd ask us all just to repeat this prayer, because this is as simple as the prayer could be in response to Jesus. For those maybe you're doing this for the first time, how about you just repeat it with me? I'd make it easy for you. <laughs> I try to make it as easy as possible just to repeat a simple prayer. How about we do it together, church? Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I thank you. You sent Jesus. I know Jesus died on a cross to take my sin. I turn from my sin right now and I look to you. Thank you that you love me, that you have a purpose and that you accept me right now as your child. Amen. Father, I thank you for those people today if that's been their prayer, that you would seal the work, Holy Spirit, and that you you continue to strengthen them And then they would know that they would know that they would know that you're in their life. And I pray that you'll reveal yourself through them, uh, to them today, this week, and in the future. 
I ask this and I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, Amen. Amen. Come on, just one more song and we're going to close today. Let's worship Him. Wasn't that a great song, that second song? That's a brilliant song. We're not going to sing that right now, but man, I'm, I'm going to come back to church just for that song. <laughs> Mountains will still be moved. Strongholds will still be loose. God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. The wonders are still what you do. Yes, they are, Lord. And bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do. Father, as we just go into this day, uh, um, right up, help us just to connect, help us to know your presence, your guidance, your wisdom. We need you, Lord, and we thank you that you're only too willing to be there for us. Amen. Amen. And don't forget this morning, church, we have morning tea happening. 
Uh, so you can be a part of that. Someone will make you a cup of tea or a coffee of any type of coffee you like. And there's biscuits and you can just hang around for a while. I know that by about 20 past you, we've got to kind of move on, but you're welcome. Also, don't forget, if you want to sign up for the dinner in the month of June, um, please see the ladies at the... Uh, what's that? Oh, you can only sign up for one Sunday. You can't sign up for the four. Sorry, just one. Is that cool? <laughs> there will be some of us who will be there for the four, but yeah, once. Okay. If you really want a second meal, uh, come and see me. You come around to, uh, I'll get someone to take you to dinner. That'll be good. <laughs> oh, you can come to my place. Okay. But have a great day, church. Bless you.